the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Absolutely right. That is exactly who it is, and it's exactly what we are always right. Radio. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thanks for uh, waking up and starting your day. It's 10 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. And hopefully you started your day with Hugh Hewitt, but if you didn't, and you're starting it with the radio now, thank you even more for that. Appreciate you being here. It's a Friday. What kind of a Friday? We like to call it a free-for-all Friday. That's what we have for you, and it's going to be exactly that. I've got one guest who's going to join us coming up next hour. We'll talk to Christina Hagen, as we do each and every Friday. But we are leaving it wide open for you to respond to some of the huge news stories that we have covered this week, and maybe some that are breaking we haven't even covered yet. So that's why we're here on this Friday. It's the 18th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022, and oh my goodness. Let the joyous news be spread, the wicked old witch at last is dead.
right, she's not actually dead. I wouldn't be celebrating anybody's actual death, but the death of the political career and the leadership position of Nancy Pelosi is now official. I've got uh, nothing but joy in my heart when I think of the fact that Nancy Pelosi is going to have to pass that gavel on to Kevin McCarthy as soon as she can find it. I think it might be at home somewhere. But she's going to have to pass that gavel on to Kevin McCarthy, and then she is done as a leader in the Democrat Party. Some believe she is going to be done in the Congress. She ought to be. She's in her mid-80s. She is uh, just as destructive as she's ever been, I suppose. So, you know, if you're into the whole lib destruction thing, maybe that's a good thing. Or maybe that's a bad thing, rather. But uh, she is certainly giving up her leadership position. She made that announcement yesterday, and that is a glorious, glorious thing. Now, there's a lot of fallout because of that. There are a lot of ramifications. Who's going to take her spot? Who's going to be the minority leader in the uh, in the House of Representatives? But all I know, well, I know an awful lot about Nancy Pelosi, but all I want to say right now is that the woman who sat behind President Donald Trump at the State of the Union address. And upon his conclusion of his address, which was a wonderful address, which shined a spotlight on on, on wounded warriors, shined a spotlight on American heroes, among other things. But at that State of the Union address, breaking all tradition of decorum, all history of politeness, of respect for the office, if not for the man. Nancy Pelosi waited until the speech was over, and while the cameras were trained on President Trump making his waves to the uh, adoring uh, masses who were on his side, of course, not on the other side of the aisle, she made a point of standing up in front of all of them and on full view of every national television camera carrying the address. She stood up and very demonstrably... Not quietly and privately, but as if to show everybody, this is what I think of him. This is what I think of his address. This is what I think of the state of this union. And ripped that speech in half. It was one of the most grotesque moments, I think, in modern presidential history. That being a presidential State of the Union address. That's the Nancy Pelosi I have in my head. In addition to the Nancy Pelosi who says she wanted to punch Donald Trump right in the face. In addition to the Nancy Pelosi who says she's a Catholic, but kill that baby. It hasn't passed through the magic canal yet. If mom wants to kill it, it's health care. That's the Nancy Pelosi I think of. And yeah, it's also the Nancy Pelosi I think of when it comes to the strange, sordid situation involving her husband, And some other guy in the Pelosi home. The Pelosi home, which is supposed to be a multi-million dollar mansion in San Francisco, California, owned by multi-millionaires, one of whom is third in line to the presidency, the Speaker of the House of of Representatives in the United States, a woman who says her life is routinely threatened by MAGA supporters, but despite all of the above, the multi-million dollar home, her status, her, her um, uh, position in the uh, federal government, the threats that she gets, no security on the home whatsoever. Somebody was able to break in undetected, undetected, 
to attack her husband. We're supposed to believe that story. Despite the reporting by NBC, whose reporter talked to the officers who responded, got the details of what happened inside that house, reported it, and then was suspended for doing so by NBC because how dare one of our own actually report the truth that might be really, really embarrassing for Nancy Pelosi. So that's what that's how I think of Nancy Pelosi. That's what I think of Nancy Pelosi, and that's why I will ding-dong the witch is dead, politically speaking, of course, all day long. I almost went cool in the gang. I almost went celebration, but I saved that for some of the bigger moments, and I don't know. She's, uh, she's, this is a pretty big one, uh, but maybe not as, as, uh, as large as cool in the gang would warrant. So there you have it. Nancy Pelosi is done, and that is good news for the rest of this country. It's good news for the Congress. It's good news for the House of Representatives. It's um, it's something that should be celebrated, and that is exactly what I intend to do. All right, we've got a lot of work to do today. Uh, Pelosi is no longer going to be a leader in Congress. That is a good thing. Joe Biden wants the Supreme Court. <laughs> Sorry. He wants the Supreme Court to reinstate his student loan cancellation plan. That was just booted by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. He thinks the Supreme Court, he thinks the six to three conservative majority court is going to green light giving American tax dollars away to pay the debts owed by a bunch of college students who uh, majored in something so inconsequential that they couldn't get a job to pay their loans back. Really? You think the Supreme Court is going to make that happen? Good luck. That is all I can say. All right. We also have some very important things to talk about here in the state of Ohio as well. A House bill that should be, in my estimation, as common sensible as anything can be. Uh, a gender identity bill is stalled thanks to changes to it. There's another meeting that's going to have to happen. We're going to talk about that. we got a report there from the Ohio Press Network with Jack Windsor. So all of this stuff coming up, and I want you to be a part of it. But before we do anything else, friends, you know what I'm going to ask you to do because we do it every day. And you remind me if I don't do it, and you scold me for it. So friends, stand, if you would, as patriots that you are. Face your flag if you have one nearby. If you do not, try to imagine one. Put your hand on your heart if you're driving, at the very least. You don't have to stand. It's tough to hit the brake and gas pedal when you're standing in a car. But you can put your hand on your heart and join us. If you are a believer that young, confused kids should go under the knife and get their bodies butchered forever then you have no idea what that flag of liberty represents. You may instead take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback, while the rest of us stand and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. We're going to dive into the news right after this. Always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer. and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. 
24 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. Good Friday to you. We're going to be open lines today for most of the show. So when you're ready for Free For All Friday, hit it at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. So I, I want to hit the local story first. I've got a lot of other huge stories to get into, including Jim Jordan yesterday, making it very clear what the Republican House priorities are going to be in the committees in which they have the chairs and in which they have oversight and which they have subpoena power. We're going to get into all that, but I just want to hit the local one real quick first because I find it very, very important. It's part of what we've been talking about uh, for some time now, <clears throat> and that is the um, the uh, bill that is in the House, uh, or excuse me, uh, that has been introduced by the House here in the state of Ohio. It's a gender bill. It's House Bill 454 which would do the right thing. It would ban gender reassignment surgery for kids. It's Should I stop there? I should be able to stop there and have you nodding your heads and say, yes, absolutely, it's exactly what it should do. And I will get out right now, and I will uh, send a message, an email, or some of some kind to my state representatives and my state senators to tell them, make sure you support House Bill 454, or we will run you. I mean, right? I could stop right there. Banning gender reassignment surgery for minors. It's just that simple. I go back to the conversation I had earlier this week about the New York Times story of the New York Times 10-year-old, or excuse me, the state of New York 10-year-old who went to the uh, school guidance counselor, or I'm sorry, to the school nurse to get some Vaseline to put on his brand new tattoo that he got with his mother's consent. And then the school nurse called the police, and had the mother arrested because she dared to have her child's body altered with a permanent uh, 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 alteration like a tattoo. When they are under the age of 18, they do not have the agency, says the American Academy of Pediatrics, to make such decisions, even with parental consent. And yet the very same American Academy of Pediatricians recommends gender-affirming surgery, otherwise known as barbaric um, amputations of body parts, of functioning organs like breasts and penises, or is it peni? I don't care. You get the point. A bill here in Ohio that would have banned gender reassignment surgery for minors remains alive in the Ohio House, but without the ban and with a parental notification requirement that changes this. After hours of opponent testimony uh, testimony and amendments earlier in the week, a sixth hearing would have to come before a possible committee passage and full House vote could happen. The bill is known as the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, and I love that. Save Adolescents from Experimentation. That's what it is. You're experimenting on the kids to see what happens if you chop off parts of their body and replace them with uh, plastic parts of the body to see what happens. It's like Frankensteinian, if you will. If it's passed and signed into law, it would allow the state or a referral for a minor to a mental health professional but require parental notification. It would also require patients to wait two years for medical treatment regarding gender dysphoria and require patients to be eliminated from consideration by a mental health professional. So, in other words, it will require mental health professionals evaluating kids Uh, before anything could possibly be done physically. And that's exactly how it has to be. That's exactly what happens if there is a confusion or a disconnect between mind and body. The body isn't a mistake. It's only the mind that can be confused. 
The body's XX or XY chromosomes are not accidental. They're not feelings. They're your actual physical, biological, and physiological and, and chromosomal self. That's reality. The mind needs to be worked on in order to come to a, a consensus on this within one's own self. The hearing was interrupted by shouting from the gallery of members of the public opposed to the bill. It lasted more than two hours, included written and oral testimony from more than 100 people. This story, by the way, is on the Ohio Press Network website. You should check it out. Wednesday's testimony came from those entirely in opposition to the bill, close to 300 either testifying in person or submitting testimony, including the Ohio Children's Hospital Association, the ACLU, the Ohio chapter of the National Association of Social Workers, and the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians, all of whom apparently believe that it is healthy to cut functioning organs off of children's bodies because of their temporary adolescent confusion or the fact that they have been coerced and recruited and indoctrinated by warped adults. Whatever happened to the Hippocratic Oath that says, first, do no harm? Cutting off functioning organs does harm under any definition. The president of the Ohio Children's Hospital Association said, quote, We understand many of you are concerned with the rise in youth that identify in transgender in re- as trans- transgender in recent years. There are many reasons for this. These youth existed before we established our gender clinics, and they will exist if our clinics are forced to close. Without, with any other condition, if we saw a marked increase in youth presenting with symptoms, we would study the situation, not ban treatment. No, you, you unimaginable hack physician. The reason we are seeing this rise is because these kids are being coerced. They are being groomed. They are being recruited. Why do you think they are dragging drag queens into schools to, to, to perform and teach young kids how to cross-dress? This is an intentional psychological operation, a psyop. And it is warping the minds of kids for the purposes of left-wing political power. And it is simply barbaric for physicians to participate in the physical mutilation of the human body for political purposes. Pass Ohio's House Bill 454. If you don't know your representatives by now, find out who they are. Find out who the newly elected ones are in the upcoming, uh, the new General Assembly. But let them know exactly what you expect of them. We will not allow our children to be experimented on and butchered. I'll be back. Giving you today's most important news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Always right with Bob France. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On AM 1420, the answer. Yeah, here's one. Here's a horrifying news story. Thank you, Ron, for that toss. Washington's Seattle Academy High School girls cross-country team qualified for the state championships. That's a great thing. In large part to their winner, Aspen Hoffman. Last year, Hoffman was a pretty mediocre cross-country runner on the Seattle Academy's boys team. 
During his freshman year, Aspen Hoffman competed as a boy and finished 72nd in the league finals. Now as a sophomore, competing as a girl, he broke the Seattle Academy school record in the girls' 5,000-meter category and ranks first in the league. His time in the 5,000 meters would rank him 48th if he had competed in the boys' division, but he's number one with a record when he competes in the girls' division. Anybody think that's okay? Moms, dads of daughters. If your daughter were one of the top runners in the conference and got smoked by a boy and pushed down off of the medal stand and out of the championships and the all-state uh, uh, um, uh, opportunities, would you be okay with that? Seattle Academy competes in the Emerald Sound Conference, which is comprised of 14 schools. Libs of TikTok spoke with the head coach, a uh, head coach in the conference, who told uh, her, quote, allowing Hoffman to compete against biological girls deprives those girls' teams of the chance to compete at state, which is a big deal. If Hoffman competed in the boys' division, this coach said, he would place 56th. And it's not just a coach that was upset by that. Several parents of the young female athletes in the conference are understandably upset. Hoffman is larger than any of the girls, shamelessly takes first place on the podium. Now my daughter is competing against a male for scholarships, and we can't even say anything. You can't even approach it in a nice way without being labeled a hateful bigot. You will get threats after you, said one father. He's right. I know that I'm called a hateful bigot because I'm saying these things on live radio. And I'll post them on Twitter, and I'll post them on Facebook, and I don't give a rat's A. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And this movement, this ongoing alphabet soup movement, is wrong on so many levels. First, as I did in the open, harm to the children when they try to force them uh, to, to follow their confusion into physical um, mutilations. And then, of course, there is safety and protection for girls in locker rooms, shower rooms, and restrooms. And then there's the competitive factor that we're talking about right now. It's wrong on every level. There's not one level in which it's right. If I'm missing said level, call me. Tell me, on what level is this okay? Parents are terrified to even raise concerns about Hoffman's presence on the girls' team. One parent noted, parents are upset, but they know this has to go to the state committee, which isn't politics. It's the state high school board. And unless there's any kind of pressure put on them to change the rule, uh, change the rule, nothing is going to happen. And that is, of course, accurate. There is nothing right about this. And yet, if we talk about what's wrong about it, we are the bigots. We are the phobes. We are the ones who are filled with hate. We are the ones who are intolerant. We are the ones who are non-inclusive. And I am tired of being on the defensive. I gave a speech about, I don't know, a month ago. I can't remember. I did a lot of speaking. And I talked about what my mission is going forward here into this midterm election, which, of course, now is over a week week old, but into 2023 as well. And my mission is to be uh, on the offensive. The best defense is a good offense, and I am ready to go on the offensive. I'm tired of playing defense. I'm tired of fearing being canceled, trying to say things kind of halfway in order to make sure I don't tick off too many people. Done with it, over it. That's barbaric. That's wrong. This is unfair. This is discriminatory, and it should not happen. Girls deserve the protection that Title IX affords them. Little boys or big boys playing dress-up, and I don't care how much 
dressing up you do. I don't care how much makeup you wear. I don't care. What well, you know what I should do? Hold on, hold on. I don't have it pulled up right now. But let's ask uh, Pastor Mark Robinson about what happens when you put on that much makeup and that much uh, 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 play that much dress up, and it means absolutely nothing whatsoever because God still made you what God made you. Ain't but two genders, two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. Sorry, not even close to being sorry. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and that will not change because of public opinion. Joanna's in Twinsburg, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Joanne, good morning. Happy Friday to you. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. I was wondering if you caught uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday talking about uh, the illegals and the DACA and making them all legal. Oh, yeah, we did a, whole, we did a couple of segments on it yesterday morning, in fact, because that was actually from Wednesday, yeah. Oh, was it? Where he, you know, I mean, I'm thinking to myself... <clears throat> What about all the babies you kill? What, they don't want to wait the 18 years to groom them? Is that the problem? <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to throw something at the television when I saw that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the hypocrisy. They don't the hypocrisy anything the, about the unborn. They don't care about kids, period. Look yeah. at what they're doing. Yeah, the lack of self-awareness that Chuck Schumer, Schumer displayed there is just is staggering. Uh, he literally is complaining that we don't have enough people in the workforce here because we are not procreating as fast as we used to. And, and, and what I said yesterday, and I'll say again today, is this. Maybe if we didn't abort, on average, 800,000 babies a year, then in a few years, 800,000 new workers would be ready to step into the workforce. And then we don't have to well, like supplement I mean, them by you know, allowing illegal you know, aliens to come in and get uh, pathways to citizenship. Go ahead. Well, like I said, I guess by killing the babies, you know, this way, if they just take the ones that are already here, they don't have to wait the 18 years to groom them and to, to program them. Yep, you know, yep. these ones are already here and old enough to vote. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like I said, I'm just so disgusted with how they treat the young and the unborn and children. And I mean, they're just, they're just. Well, remember, it. remember, they're they're not actually human beings until they pass through the magical birth canal. When that magical canal happens, yeah, but something when happens. Kids, look at what they're doing to them, Bob. As yeah. children, even yeah. the ones that make it. Yeah. No. <laughs> they're trying to destroy them too. Yeah, you don't have to convince me. You're preaching to the choir, yeah. and that's exactly what he did say. And uh, yeah. and and yeah, fortunately, enough people called him out on it. By the way, and I'm sure he was trying to pull that back. Uh, his comment about we need more we need more foreign workers to come in and be legalized and give them citizenship because we can't breed fast enough here and, and fill the workforce. Uh, he was yeah. called on it by everybody, and I'm sure he tried to pull that back in. But it does I hope give you an insight into went their after him too a little bit. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Joe. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. This is a free for all Friday. We're going to cover anything you want to cover, uh, whether it be about the elections, whether it be be about uh, uh, the issues of the day that I just quoted for you with respect to the ongoing trans movement and the damage it's doing to kids in a one variety or a variety of ways, one manner or another. Anything you want to get into, we will do. Uh, Biden embarrassed himself on the national stage again as his cheat sheet was seen. He's, you know, what I'd love to do someday. Play poker with Joe Biden. You know what I mean? 
Because when you play poker, what is one of the most important things you have to do? You have to conceal your hand. You have to make sure nobody can see the cards in your hand. Otherwise, you're screwed. Joe Biden can't keep his notes concealed. He can't keep his cheat sheets concealed. He's sitting there at this this high-level talk with the leaders of, of uh, um, in this particular one, I believe it was Colombia and, um, I'm sorry, not Colombia. He called it Colombia. It's Cambodia because he was in Indonesia. So, yeah, it was Indonesian and Cambodian leaders. And um, the, the camera's got a shot at the sheet because he doesn't keep it protected. And the way they treat him is like you treat a, a four-year-old uh, in terms of instruction, in terms of, you know, you do this now. You say this then. You stand there now. You sit down on this prompt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like teaching a four-year-old how to do things. This is the president of the United States. It's humiliating, it's embarrassing, and you should check it out. It's on my Twitter feed. I already retweeted it. Follow me on Twitter. At uh, That's right. I'm supporting Twitter again. Uh, at France on Air, F-R-A-N-T-Z on Air, and you can also search for Always Right Radio. It'll bring you to me. By the way, one of the reasons I'm on Twitter, one of the reasons I came back is because of what Elon Musk is doing. And you know what Elon Musk is doing? In addition to ending the censorship of uh, conservatives, for the most part, thus far, He's ticking off liberals like nobody's business. And that's what I absolutely love. He sent a letter to all Twitter employees who survived the firing purge that he made when he came in. He sent a letter to them uh, at the beginning of this week, or maybe not the beginning, I think it was like Wednesday. He sent a letter to them and said, um, the days of the free lunches are over, and the days of the support animals in the, in the little recovery spaces are over. We're here to work. And he said, if you can commit to long hours at high intensity, you can stay. If you can't, leave. He gave them uh, an overnight option. Told them, let's see, uh, the employees woke up on Wednesday to an, or to an overnight email in which Musk told them to fill out this form by Thursday, 5 p.m. to indicate whether they want to remain with the company and be willing to be, quote, extremely hardcore, end quote, or not. Those who don't opt in will be given three months of severance and told happy trails. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Twitter staffers began crying and posting their salute emoji on their own tweet uh, uh, Twitter pages, uh, which apparently is a signal that someone is exiting the company. So most of them are saying, I can't work like this. And they're going to find out very, very quickly that they don't provide emotional support rooms with comfort animals and free uh, uh, lunches and dinners and breakfasts when you're working at the window at Taco Bell. So uh, good luck to you, because you're not going to get hired by Meta. You're not going to get hired by Amazon. They're laying off people, too. The whole tech industry is laying off tons of people because they have completely butchered uh, their models. So to all of these little gauge-wearing, skinny-jeaned, nose-pierced, blue-haired man-bun wearers, you know what? Good luck finding a job in the real world rather than one in far-left-wing Silicon Valley. Good luck to you. Um, Rose is in Vermillion next. Rose, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Hello, Rose. Can I hear Rose? Hello. Yep. Can you hear me? I got you. Got me? Okay, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to tell you that uh, somebody posted a... Uh, 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 religious views on your Citizens for Free Speech Ohio chapter on Facebook yesterday, it got flagged as sensitive content and uh, graphic images, you know, 
Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, help me out here. What what on the Citizens for Free Speech page was, was, was flagged? What was it? Uh, Be Still and Know That I Am God was on there, and Facebook flagged it as sensitive content. So this was a Facebook post linking to yes. our Citizens for Free Speech Ohio page. And, yes, it's and not in there. <laughs> was it an image that was posted or just a link to the image in its original place? No, it was an image. It was just, you know, like a copy and paste image, and it said, Be still to know that I am God. And it said, Sensitive contact may contain graphic or violent content. So I'm I clicked it on, and it just, yeah, it said, Be still and know that I am God. And I thought, I copied it and put it on my Facebook um, news feed, and it, within a minute, it got flagged. Wow, I see it. I just pulled it up as you were talking. It's the first post. Somebody named Mark Benson Sr. posted this. Yes. And yes, yes, it is covered up. I can choose to learn more. All right, let's choose. I'm going to see what it says. Learn more, and that'll explain perhaps why this was considered to be sensitive. This photo doesn't yeah. go against our community standards, but it may show graphic content. We use technology or a review team to identify content that should be covered. We cover graphic content so people can choose whether to see it or not. And the graphic nature of this content, it's not even a picture. It's not even a picture. No. It's just no. words. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a white word box with calligraphy-style lettering that says exactly, Rose, what you just said. Be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And Facebook yeah. saw fit to call that graphic content that should be protected from the eyes of of mm-hmm. of, of poor souls that might accidentally accidentally see and read those words. That's what they did. Yeah, uh, that's and, impossible. And yeah, and also uh, I got a little notification saying that as of December first, on uh, in the about section of your profile, they are deleting any religious views. Also. Wow. Wow. You know know what I find myself in here, and I think a lot of other people probably feel the same way? I find myself in this catch-22. I want to not be a part of this. I want to leave. I want to not be a part of Facebook. Don't give them my time, my attention. Contribute to their numbers, which contributes to their advertisers, and so on and so forth. However, if we leave, we're giving them what they want. They're driving mm-hmm. out people with conservative views, religious opinions, religious you know, expressions, and so on and so forth. And we're sacrificing the ability to communicate with one another, which is exactly what they're trying to do. So, you know, you know what I mean? it's a catch-22. What do I do? What do I want to do here? Uh, you know, I, I want to get out, but I don't want to give them the satisfaction of pushing me out. I want to stay here and use the platform to do exactly what they hate, and that is spread, spread good news and spread, spread messages that we do believe in. So it's kind of a tough thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is, um, but I'm, I I posted it. I'm going to repost it, and you know I think everybody should. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, I concur. I concur. You have to copy it and paste it because apparently it looks like mm-hmm. it's only in a send function. There, there's no share function. Yeah. So you'll have to copy yeah. it and paste it. But you know what? I concur, and I'm going to do the exact same thing. And I'll tell everybody thank else you. that I can to do the same thing too. Rose, thank you. Okay. God bless you. Thank- Appreciate it. I hope that didn't get censored. I hope that God bless you doesn't offend somebody to the point where that needed to be blocked and somebody has to click unmute in order to hear Bob tell it, but call her God bless you. That is so pathetic. That's as bad as anything Twitter's ever done. This is Facebook now. That's as bad as anything Twitter or Facebook has ever done. 853, I'll be back. Things that I will go to.
9.58, by the way. So what I've done is, and I'm hoping that this can maybe, um, I don't know, tweak the system a little bit um, from what Rose just talked about. The, the image of be still and know that I am God that Facebook is covering up as being graphic content that sensitive eyes should decide very carefully before they click view picture if they want to do that. And again, there is no picture. It is simply words. It's a blank screen. It's a blank white space with the words, be still and know that I am God, written on it. That's it. The original one that was posted that Rose just talked about was kind of like almost a, a vertical columns worth. In other words, there was a big space on top and a big space on the bottom, and then the words were in the middle. So what I did is I took the picture and I cropped it, or the image, and I cropped it. And I so I took out the top and bottom spaces. So now it's a much more... Uh, streamlined version. I don't know if that will change anything in terms of how it's flagged or when it's flagged or or what have you, but I posted it my way by cropping it, and I included this language. Apparently, this image has been flagged by Zuckerberg's fascists as graphic content and been covered up wherever it's being posted, so I'm posting it. Let's all do the same. Right-click it, copy it, paste it on your own wall, and do it everywhere. That's that's the best way to respond to fascism. That's the way the best way to respond to censorship and the rest of this crap that we continue to face online. Free for all Friday continues after the top of the hour news right here on Always Right Radio, AM fourteen twenty the answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two of Free For All Friday Radio is underway on this uh, or excuse me, 18th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks for being with us. Free For All. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. We've had a lot of things going on this week. President Trump announced... The Republicans won the House. It's official. They have already identified their targets and their priorities. Um, Arizona was stolen. Ohio is still in a huge fight over the indoctrination and the sexualization of our children in schools without parental consent. Uh, you name it. Anything you want to get into, we will get into. Uh, I'm looking forward to your phone calls, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110, as always. Christina Hagen will join me at 1035. She's the only guest we have on the on the uh, docket today. So she'll be with us at 1035 to talk about most of those things, but I want your thoughts right now, 216-901-0945. You heard some of it in the newscast, so that gives me at least a lead-in here to give you some of what is going on. Now, James Comer, Representative James Comer of Kentucky, is the was the uh, minority leader of the Oversight Committee. Now he will be the chair of that committee. And as the chair of that committee, he has already set his sights. He has Hunter and Joe Biden in his crosshairs. Why? For a thousand reasons that we should have been made aware of back in the three weeks leading up to the 2020 presidential election, which would have stopped Biden's reign of crap from coming down upon us if the the federal government had not teamed up with the social media overlords and the legacy media, the New York Times, the New York Post, all of them, except the New York Post, they all agreed to bury the story of the Hunter Biden laptop. 
which we soon came to know as, more accurately, the Joe Biden laptop, because it didn't really just implicate Hunter, who is less relevant here. It implicated the then vice president of the United States. When he was selling access to the Obama White House, Joe Biden was getting rich, Hunter Biden was getting rich on money from Ukraine and from China and from other foreign countries who may not necessarily be friends or allies of the United States. This was the Joe Biden laptop, not the Hunter Biden laptop. And James Comer, again, has his sights set, I think, on the right people. But I think the- oh, you got to hold on a second. Let's get that right here. The point we made today in the press conference was uh, Hunter Biden is a criminal. Joe Biden knew about it. When Joe Biden said from the White House uh, press stand last week that he was confident his son's innocent, I mean, innocent of what? He's guilty of seven or eight very serious crimes. But the investigations about whether or not this White House is compromised, and that's a national security concern, and that's a concern that I think every American would have if they understood the severity of what all the Biden family's been involved in over the past decade. But most of them don't. Most of them, either they A, don't understand, or B, they don't want to know. They want to sit there with their eyes squeezed shut, their fingers in the ears, their ears, and singing to themselves, la, 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 I can't hear. Remember that when you were a child? Remember that? That's how you, that's how you don't hear what you didn't want to hear from mom or from dad or somebody you were fighting with or whatever. That's what they're doing here. They don't want to hear these facts. That's why they buried them. And then Twitter, under its old ownership, suspended the account of the New York Post. One of the oldest and, 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 and uh, um, well-respected newspapers in America, the New York Post, lost their account because they dared to publish what everybody else said we have to bury in order to stop Trump from being reelected. That's all it was. Pure, blatant, and obvious. If this gets out, Biden is sunk, and we get four more years of the orange guy. Bury it now. And that's exactly what they did, and it's exactly why we needed to win the House back, so that oversight can be conducted, led by people like Kentucky Representative James Comer. But I think the point we made today in the press conference was uh, Hunter Biden is a criminal. Joe Biden knew about it. When Joe Biden said from the White House uh, press stand last week that he was confident his son's innocent, I mean, innocent of what? He's guilty of seven or eight very serious crimes. But the investigations about whether or not this White House is compromised. And that's a national security concern. And that's a concern that I think every American would have if they understood the severity of what all the Biden family's been involved in over the past decade. You talk about compromise in your press conference today. You said that you all had evidence to show Joe Biden and Hunter were involved in a scheme to get China to buy liquefied natural gas. I mean, Congressman, this comes at a time when we have an energy crisis here at home. I mean, how shocking were these findings? That's the most uh, outrageous thing that was uh, learned today in the press conference. We have a map that came from Hunter's laptop. It was a PowerPoint presentation. It had the United States of America, and it had all of the natural gas wholesalers uh, identified, and this was all in Chinese. And this was Hunter's presentation to the uh, Communist Chinese Party-backed energy company, that was trying to not only buy American liquefied natural gas, they were also trying to get their foot in the door in the American natural gas industry by purchasing interest in the natural gas drillers. Now think about this. At a time when every American suffering because of high gas prices and high energy prices because of Joe Biden's disastrous policies, we now know that Joe Biden 
and his son Hunter were involved with the Chinese trying to help them take over our American energy industry. This is something every American needs to know about. And I think this might uh, explain some of the terrible decisions that Joe Biden's made. You know, Do you understand why we need to be a lot more, um, what's the word I want to look for here? I don't want to say accepting of the outcome, you know, not being a red wave last Tuesday. We don't want to be satisfied with it, but we need to understand the importance of at least winning this majority. Because if the Democrats stayed in control, none of what you're hearing right now would be allowed to be stated. None of it would be investigated. None of it would hold anybody accountable. The Democrats would absolutely cover all of this up. But now that Comer is going to be in charge of the Oversight Committee, away we go. That's why it was so important. When I told you last Wednesday not to freak out, don't freak out over the fact that we didn't get our red wave. We just lived to fight another day. The Democrats didn't get a blue wave. They didn't take a massive majority in the uh, Senate. They still have the same majority they had before, 50-50 if Warnock wins, or uh, uh, Walker wins, 51-49 if Warnock wins. Still not enough to do any damage. And then the Republicans controlling the House, even by one seat, much less five, six, seven, or 8, it stops all of the madness. I told you to just we're just it was just another round as it turns out. No knockouts, no end of the fight, just another round. Ding ding, let's go next round. That's how I told you to approach this. And in in this next round we are going to land some haymakers because of the investigations of the oversight committee and yes, the judiciary committee, the one that is going to be chaired by Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan has in his sights the rotten, corrupt, weaponized Department of Justice and FBI. In a report two weeks ago, <clears throat> Judiciary Committee, a report that uh, talked about the political influence and the political shenanigans going on in our Justice Department, based on 14 FBI agents who come talk to our office as, as whistleblowers. One of those agents said, and this is the term he used, he said, at the highest levels of the FBI, specifically the Washington Field Office, he said it's rotted to the core. Not talking about rank-and-file agents. They're doing good, good work. Talking about the top people at the Washington field office. You know, and, and I've talked to Jim Jordan about that. I, I sometimes pause at the, we're not talking about the rank-and-file. Sometimes we are talking about the rank-and-file. Sometimes the rank-and-file, when they know what they are doing is illegal and unconstitutional and carry out the orders of some of those above them, sometimes... Sometimes I think, you know what, there are some corrupt rank-and-file members, too, who are doing more than just following orders, but they agree with and believe in it. Look at Peter Strzok when he was there. Look at Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, FBI attorneys, who, you know, literally conspired to try to flip the 2020 presidential election for Joe Biden. So sometimes the rank-and-file and those who are not the FBI directors but are just, you know, members, sometimes they're to be blamed as well. But anyway, it's, it's not just limited to the FBI. The entirety of the DOJ is going to be held accountable because we won the House on Tuesday. Is the FBI going to quit interfering with elections? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story. 2022, they raided the president's home 91 days before an election. Maybe it'd be nice... If the FBI and the Justice Department just stayed out of it and let we the people decide who we think should represent us, who we think should lead us, that's supposed to be how America works. So this is the focus on the Judiciary Committee, the political nature at the Justice Department, and the linkage now to what was happening with the Hunter Biden story, again, just 15 days before 
we have uh, presidential elections. Things are going to change, my friends. Things are going to change. You might look at this and say, every time the Republicans get the House or get the Congress as a whole, they don't get any good legislation done. First of all, it's not true. But second of all, even if you think this is so much more about than just legislation, this is about investigation. This is about uh, oversight. This is about subpoena powers to get to the core of everything that the Biden administration has done and that the FBI and the DOJ and so forth has allowed to happen. We're talking about very serious crimes, and we're talking about things that may not lead to jail. Don't don't set your sights too high, but are going to lead to heads rolling from the, those positions, um, and it's going to lead to uh, it's going to lead to a change in the way oversight is conducted going forward. It has to. So all of and, and all of this is going to implicate or implicate the big guy. He and his family became multimillionaires by offering and, in fact, selling access to the family, to the big guy in his position, and thus to the White House, the Obama White House. Committee Republicans have identified over 50 countries the Biden family sought businesses in. On the international side of the Biden family business, the deals were often led by Hunter Biden. And that map there behind Clay shows all the countries where the Bidens had a footprint in international business dealings. The investigation reveals a family that engaged with some of America's most powerful adversaries, planning to sell one of the largest sources of cobalt for electric vehicles in the world to the Chinese, for example. The Bidens flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. Among the dozens of shell companies the Bidens set up... Can we, can we hear that part again, please? Bidens flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. The Bidens flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. The Bidens flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. Can you imagine the word Biden being replaced by the word Trump? Can you imagine anyone, much less all of the things that were found on that laptop, all of the information that was uncovered of all of the Bidens and Hunter Bidens, um, underhanded dealings with foreign countries, enemies of the United States to enrich him and 10% for the big guy. If it was Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump doing this and 10% went to the big orange guy, can, good Lord, the earth would quake, the ground would shake, the country would break. And I'm not trying to do Dr. Seuss here. It's just coming out that way. But that's what would happen. That's exactly what would happen if one of the sons of Donald Trump did any one-tenth of what Hunter Biden did and if Donald Trump had benefited from it one-tenth of what Joe Biden did. That's what would happen. I'll get to your phone calls right after this. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty six now. Let's take a few phone calls on this free for all Friday. We'll go to uh, North Olmstead first. BJ is awaiting patiently. BJ, good morning. Go right ahead, sir. All right. I can't hear BJ. I don't know if we have him up or not. Okay, that's not going to work. For whatever reason, that's not going to work. How about uh, Chardon, John? You're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, John. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Bob. All right. I got you good, sir. Go right ahead. All right. Now that we have some traction in our government, uh, 
the item I'd like to see moved up on the priority scale is is addressing all those poor souls that are incarcerated from the Washington D.C. Uh, uh, January sixth, twenty twenty one demonstration with no due process in sight. I'd like to see that. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? I I, I would too, and, and I would too. And now that they're going to have control of the committees and they're going to be able to subpoena people. I think, and I'll ask Jim Jordan this on Monday, next show, because I've asked him about this when he's in the minority and he doesn't have the subpoena power to bring these people. He has told Jerry Nadler to bring certain people up uh, because of the uh, January 6th situation, uh, but, you know, never had the power to make it happen himself. Now he and they will have the ability to do that, and I hope they do, because I have said, and you have said probably, and almost everybody has said, uh, Mike Pence was saying, anybody who was guilty of crime and criminal activity on the day of January 6th should face the law and should be held accountable by the law. But the law requires that they get a speedy trial, that they be given an opportunity to post bail, and that they not be held like terrorists for two years or however long it's going to end up being by the time they see the light of day and by the time they see their trials. That's not a keeping in with the law. That's just um, it's barbaric, it's cruel and unusual, and it's something that the new Congress or at least the new House absolutely better look into. Yeah, sounds good, Bob. And you know, I'll tell you something else. Thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it, John. I'll tell you something else. I didn't cover this story, and I don't know if I have it at uh, my fingertips at the moment, but I'll maybe try to look for it when we're done with um, Christina Hagen in a bit. Uh, but um, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, literally refused to answer a question a couple days ago about whether or not there were agents, FBI agents, um, that it had infiltrated that crowd that had dressed up as Trump supporters and infiltrated that crowd and maybe, just maybe, incited them and tried to push this thing forward in order to get exactly what they got. Now, I ordinarily I would say that's crazy. That's crazy talk. That's hogwash. Ordinarily I would say that. But we are talking about an FBI that has been corrupted since James Comey, uh, since, uh, you know, Christopher Ray. And, you know, by the way, Christopher Ray is owned by Donald Trump, or rather, Donald Trump owns the mistake that was choosing Christopher Ray. This was his. But I put nothing past what the FBI would do now. I put absolutely nothing past it. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. I apologize, but I do need to get to our newscast on time so we can talk to Christina Hagan. She'll be joining us next on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Helping you understand the commander-in-chief. In in Libya, we should be opening up the, 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 the... Always right with Bob France. I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here, but let me say it this way. On AM 1420, The Answer. I just get so disgusted every time I hear that man's voice. Just so embarrassing, so weak. So pathetic, so uh, confused. It just projects such weakness to the rest of the world. It's unbelievable. Uh, I also, you know, this. I'm going to shift gears here before I get to Christina Hagen real quick, just because this one popped up on my screen. Remember this, Jim? So the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on 
decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. A board of what? Joe? A, a, a board of what? You gotta love when they say the part that they mean to think they say it out loud. He just said abort a child. He didn't say provide health care for a mother. He didn't say scrape out a few cells out of some uterus. He said abort a child because he knows exactly what it is. And he knows exactly the reason why Chuck Schumer says we have such a worker problem in the United States. Because we're not breeding well enough. Why are we not breeding well enough? Why are we not reproducing in enough capacity to stock American industry and service sectors with workers? Because we're killing 800,000 babies a year. You know, after 18 years, those 800,000 people are in the workforce. And 800,000 that are born next year. And after that, and after that, and after that. It's just so galling to hear these kinds of things. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants. The dream. <laughs> Import foreigners to take the jobs that our aborted babies can't work because they've had their arms and legs cut off in utero. <laughs> That's that's the uh, that's the plan. That's the party. That's the party that maintains the Senate and right now holds the White House. Let's bring Christina in now. Christina Hagan, of course, is our regular Friday commentator. She is a former state representative. She now sits on the Ohio Elections Board, and she is just a terrific patriot and a soon-to-be, for the fourth time, mom uh, once again. Christina, good morning. Good morning, Bob. You know, it's uh, painful to hear people like Chuck Schumer still having any ounce of power in this country. Um, and just to see what they're doing, see what they're saying, um, to be vocally voicing the great replacement theory, um, when in fact it's no longer a theory, um, it's no longer a conspiracy, it's a fact. Um, they're letting hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants into our country on a monthly basis and millions a year. And all with the plan of replacement and completely uh, disintegrating our demographics for purposes of sustaining their vote. Um, we actually, you know, it was interesting. My first floor speech in the House of Representatives at the ripe age of 22 made me astute enough to recognize that we should care more about our family structure and the institution of marriage, the idea and conception that man, woman, plus child is an important equation in our country for our future's uh, stability, both within the family unit, but economically and also um, from a foreign affairs perspective. And when I shared that and stood up and spoke actually on the heartbeat bill, which I had not intended to speak on at the time, mm-hmm. I couldn't stay in my seat because we were talking about the need to fill jobs, the need to put boots on the ground, and yet we were eliminating our posterity. And this gave us an opportunity to fight that critical issue by stopping abortion, stopping the killing of future Americans, the killing of existing Americans that will be and sustain our future American workforce if we just protect them and let them alone. And I remember the Democrats and the reporters almost didn't know what to think because nobody was talking about it from a statistical issue of economics. And they almost laughed in my face. And here we are 
um, a decade later, hearing Schumer say the only way to strengthen our country, to replace a diminished workforce, is to use and utilize families and illegal immigrants from other countries, not our own, not American citizenry. But that is the only way we can be a strong society, and it is absolutely disgusting. Very well said. And you know, Christina, um, the other element of that, of course, is by saying this publicly the way that he did, what did he just do to the already overwhelmed border and to the poor agents who are trying to manage it in some way, shape, or form? I mean, he just put out an open call, like a casting call, saying, I just said we're going to try to legalize every single immigrant here and give them citizenship rights or a path to citizenship. You telling me that's not going to let more care uh, uh, caravans or lead more caravans to hit the trail and, and work their way north. Uh, this is just an open call saying flood our border. We're going to let you guys stay. If we thought we were in a state of crisis before, we, we haven't even experienced the pain. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, Christina Hagen is our guest, and we're talking about a whole host of things this morning. Let's go to uh, domestic issues. I was just... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I was just uh, uh, talking about some of the targets of the newly, or uh, what is about to become, I should say, the newly uh, GOP-led House of Representatives. They're going to have oversight. They're going to have um, uh, um, uh, the, the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee having subpoena power to begin investigations on a whole host of things that the Democrats have been involved with, not the least of which, which is Team Biden, is, is President Biden, and President Biden's laptop that has been commonly called for two years now Hunter Biden's laptop, He's the idiot in a drug-addled stupor uh, who left it at a computer repair shop for so long that the computer repair shop guy turned it over because he didn't know what to do with it. And, of course, then it was opened up. And it was confirmed by the New York Post and many others as being legitimate, not Russian disinformation. And it took two years after Biden was inaugurated uh, and has uh, had his reign of terror for the Washington Post, the left-wing Washington Post, to admit, yeah, it's real. So now that we know it's real, they're going to go after uh, uh, Joe Biden. They're going to go after Hunter Biden. They're going to have to go after everybody that was, took part in and, and got enriched in um, selling access to the, the Obama White House through the vice president, Joe Biden. So, Christina, what do you expect in the next two years to come of this? I'm not expecting leg shackles and orange jumpsuits because it's just expecting too much. But there is going to be accountability, is there not? Yeah, I believe accountability is key here. Without a Republican House, there would be zero mention of the Biden crime family, the horrific reality of all of their all of their fraudulent activity, whether it's tax evasion, fraud, money laundering, trafficking of humans, prostitutes across state lines, violations of the Constitution, drug laws, gun violations, um, every business dealing that we know we have access to with just this laptop that our very own FBI and Secret Service have acted as a bodyguard to the Biden family and protecting would not be discussed. You know, we'd continue to get um, the the radically, radically driven misinformation that the House has led us to in the past under Pelosi. Um, and again, you know, it's like Jim Jordan said, it's important to remember um, the ways this has moved and been shaped by the media, the way they have worked alongside them and lied about this laptop, it's not his, then it's Russian disinformation, then, oh, maybe it is his, and then, oh, they didn't know he had anything um, wrong on there, and now, all of a sudden, whatever is on there, the president 
um, had nothing to do with these business dealings. So fully aware, fully cognizant, and now we actually have an opportunity to have a voice piece, an American government willing to expose uh, the radical crimes that have been committed by this family against our country. Um, it is it is unbelievable to think about the inflation that we're experiencing, the energy costs that we're experiencing, when realizing the massive amounts of money the Biden family has made in the energy sector across the world and on the backs of Americans. I mean, the fact that they're involved with schemes throughout China to buy American in energy industry um, in the time when Americans are struggling so much, um, for this not to be discussed is probably the greatest crime of the century, greatest crime of our time, the greatest crime of any sitting president. Um, yet they'd be making things up about Donald Trump. This gives us at least an opportunity to share reality with the American people and allow for them to make an educated choice come 2024. Yeah, the uh, the course of human history literally literally was changed by that decision to cover this up, to paint it as being propaganda, to threaten uh, legacy media operations, social media operations, to not share this, to not allow it to get out, to not allow it to be taken seriously. It changed the course of history because for the last two years, rather than record inflation, we would have no inflation. Rather than record high energy costs, we would be energy independent. We would be changing the world in a, such a different way, in a much better way. So literally, human history and the course of American history is changed by that decision, and now it'll be changed even more for the next two years of the Obama. Uh, Obama. I just combined Obama and Biden. I said Obama. Oh. How bad oh. is that? <laughs> well, but it's what it is, though, right? I mean, you know, maybe that was a Freudian slip with a reason, with a purpose, because it is kind of the third term of of, of Obama. It was just interrupted by a term from President Trump. But um, but it really was. I, I agree with your assessment when you talk about the scale of that crime, if you will, uh, in not allowing uh, Biden to be uh, brought, brought brought out and exposed. Um, Christina, let's talk a little bit about uh, this one. I didn't talk about the story myself on my own this morning because I wanted to save it for you. A lot of people don't know about this story. Um, now, after the election, now that the elections are over, the FBI is concluding that, you know, that massive raid on Mar-a-Lago we did 91 days before an election to try to make it look like Donald Trump was guilty of some sort of uh, fel- felonious crimes or another, that he's trying to sell out secrets to the United States, to enemies for profit and so forth. Yeah, not so much. Um, he, he really only took a few things that he thought were his own, that were mementos of, of his time in office because he wanted to uh, he wanted to be able to show them off because he has such a big ego. They they only say this now that the election is over. And uh, if that doesn't highlight the corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, Christine, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we've had our uh, suspicions based off of good reasoning, good cases, good precedent being set by the FBI, Secret Service, that they are no longer, longer working for the American people, um, but they are safeguarding a political party. And that is vividly true that this information suddenly comes out after a pivotal election where it could have made, once again, a substantial difference in the course of American history. Uh, But the good news is President Trump, as always, has disregarded um, who they are in their criminal activity and moved forward with the desire and an agenda to protect um, the future of America and the American people and highlighting this type of criminal activity within. So he moved forward probably because he was well aware that there was nothing that he had that chalked up to what the accusations were being made against him, and he moved forward with the presidential announcement. Um, interestingly enough, we don't get this information from the FBI that has been 
you know, scouring this information for several months, and the Democrats have been beating, like, the deadest dead horse that ever existed, and now suddenly we have this information days after midterms elections. It's it's sickening, but it's what we have come to expect as Americans, as patriots, that we can't trust uh, these institutions that are supposed to be there to safeguard us and protect us and um, instead, you know, forming a banana republic, attacking our own citizenry, using the force of government against former sitting presidents of the United States and all to a conclusion that, you know, he actually kept these things because he has a little bit of an ego. Well, I would expect more from what is supposed to be the most brilliant intelligence body in our country than what my six-year-old child could assess about our previous president, that he has a little bit of an ego and he might want to hold on to some things that he was proud of. What American president hasn't and wouldn't want to hold on to some things that they felt nostalgic about. This is not the work of a body that is serious. This is the work of a body that has been absolutely manipulated by political ideology. And the sad part is, those who have enough, enough courage and conviction to speak up and speak out against the abuse of the FBI um, have been marginalized, have been attacked by the director, have been um, told that they don't have the right to speak to Congress. And thankfully, we have leaders like Senator Hawley who are um, batting back and suggesting that these people are not fit to be in charge of these most important bodies of government. Well, you're exactly right. And uh, rather than Hawley, I'll just kind of go back to the Jim Jordan clip yesterday from a, from uh, his remarks uh, to the press about what they are going to do. Everything you just described about the FBI describes them as being rotten to the core, which is exactly what Jim said. A report two weeks ago, <clears throat> Judiciary Committee, a report that uh, talked about the political influence and the political shenanigans going on in our Justice Department. Based on 14 FBI agents who've come talk to our office as, as whistleblowers, one of those agents said, and this is the term he used, he said, at the highest levels of the FBI, specifically the Washington Field Office, he said it's rotted to the core. Not talking about rank-and-file agents. They're doing good, good work. Talking about the top people at the Washington Field Office. Rotten to the core. And what the heck, since you brought him up, one quick Josh Hawley. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. And frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. And I think that is very, very clear. And this will be one of the, this will be one of the um, uh, you know, takebacks that I think President Trump wishes he had, because he chose Christopher Wray. He chose Christopher Ray to replace the compromised James Comey. Uh, and, and so, you know, so much of the corruption at the top levels of the FBI that Jim Jordan just talked about and Josh Hawley just railed against, so much of that actually sits with President Trump. I guarantee he wishes he had that one to do over again. Unquestionably. But for now, it is what it is and where it is. The good news is we can investigate everything that Ray and everything that the assistant director and everything that the uh, rest of the DOJ has been doing, I think, outside the bounds of their uh, responsibilities and, yes, the Constitution. So that's where we'll leave it for today. Christina Hagan, thank you so much. Terrific job, as always. By the way, um, how far along are you now, and have you and your husband named your clump of cells yet? Oh, very good. Yeah, we are... um just a little over six months here. We have not named our daughter, um, but we have a few ideas brewing. 
<laughs> you know, it, it's so funny. I have never, ever, ever, ever heard of a pregnant woman referring to her fetus, her clump, her protoplasm, or anything else. But yet, when they talk about wanting to kill it and get rid of it, that's what it is. Pregnant woman wants to have her baby. It's a baby, and it's a daughter, which, of course, is exactly what it is. But if they want to get rid of it, no, it's just a health decision between me and my doctor. There's nobody in there. No, not at all. It's just the hypocrisy is so much, so thick you could choke on it. Uh, Christina Hagen, congratulations to you. Continued good health to you and your daughter and your family, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks so much, Bob. God bless. God bless you, too. 11, or excuse me, 1053, we'll take a time out here and we'll come back. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty-seven, always right. Radio on AM fourteen twenty continues. Thank you to Christina Higgin. She has such a great way of articulating points uh, that need to be articulated. I didn't even bring that story up, but she brought it to the table. So I went ahead and talked about it with her. The attempt to smear Trump with the raid of Mar-a-Lago for all of these secret documents, classified, top-secret documents that he could take and sell to the Russians or to the Chinese and <laughs> destroy the, the nation that wronged him by stealing his second term. All of these allegations and all of these suggestions of what he might do that they did before the election to try to smear him and MAGA candidates in the, uh, in the midterms. Now that the midterms are over, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that kind of didn't happen. The Washington Post's current description of the classified documents, as noted by federal officials connected to the investigation, these classified documents in context were personal correspondence between President Trump and people like Chairman Kim Jong-un about the need to chill out on the nuclear stuff. Trump considered these types of papers as personal mementos, while the administrative state seeking to weaponize the DOJ that we were just talking about in the FBI for maximum political damage and narrative engineering, considered them top-secret national security documents. But now that the election is over, the narrative is no longer needed, so the narrative has been dropped. And nobody's talking about this massive breach of national security by taking documents to Mar-a-Lago. It just shows you exactly how evil the people we are dealing with are. And I hope you keep that in mind. we got another hour, 45 minutes-ish, actually, of Always Right Radio to come. It's free for all. Whatever you want to talk about, get in line right now. We'll take your calls on the other side of the news. AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I 
have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Our number three is underway. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us once again on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. It is a Friday, and you know what that means, right? It's a free-for-all Friday! <laughs> yes, indeed, 216 Either one of those numbers gets you here. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. It's been a busy week. In Ohio, it's been a busy week across the country. Donald Trump has named, or excuse me, has announced his candidacy, and he has already taken aim at his chief expected rivals. Questions now are, I wonder what kind of a vice president Mike, uh, or that uh, uh, Donald Trump would look for. Certainly, Mike Pence didn't work out. Mike Pence is on his book tour now, and he's talking about uh, the relationship he had with Trump. Mike Pence wouldn't go through that again. Donald Trump wouldn't want him again. What kind of vice president might Donald Trump look for? I threw that out there yesterday on Twitter, and uh, the overwhelming response was Carrie Lake. A lot of people, some other names, too. I don't want to spoil them. But the overwhelming response that I got was Carrie Lake, and I'm curious to see what your uh, vice presidential choice for uh, Donald Trump would look like for a running mate. Because I think it's going to take a very particular kind of person. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. You can talk about that. Or you can talk about, like I said, anything else that's been in the news or not in the news that you think we should have included in the news. We're going to start in Berea. Sally, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. You may go right ahead. Hi, Bob. I've been disgusted when I've heard some Republicans say that Oh, the reason we lost some of the elections was because of election denial and that um, it's time to move on and that we shouldn't be doing all these investigations. And the investigations were promised because it's been covered up for all this time. And it, they need the violations to the Constitution and and the um Crimes of the Biden family need to be exposed to the sunlight. And so I say, go for it, Congressman Jordan and other committee members, and we can't turn the other cheek and just run like scaredy cats. We have to stand up for our rights. The best defense is a good offense. Yeah, the best defense is a good offense, and we need to go after them. I totally agree. Look, I, I was disgusted, and thank you, Sally, for the call, as always, and for listening. I was disgusted. By the thank you, um, I was disgusted by the um, uh, impeachments of Donald Trump based on absolutely nothing. No. Okay. Sally, thank you so much for the phone call. We gotta let's let's move on here, please, uh, so we can get to our next caller. Um, when they impeached Donald Trump the first time and the second time without due process, without cause, without anything. Uh, it was it was reprehensible to me. It is just a complete abuse of power. It is obstruction. It is a waste of the taxpayers' time. It is a waste of uh, Congress's time when they could be getting more important things done. Um, and I don't. I would never want to do such a thing. I would never want to do such a thing to them. But I'll be honest with you. I am at the point. Same thing with voting. Yesterday we talked about this in some depth. I don't like early voting. I don't like uh, the idea of uh, mail-in voting, and I don't like ballot harvesting. But the Democrats are doing it, and they're beating us because of it. 
And so we are either going to have to accept that that's the way it's done now and fight fire with fire, or we're going to have to just take losses. I feel the same way about this. If we find enough criminal activity to impeach Joe Biden on, do it. Interrupt his second two years with with the nonsense of an impeachment trial so that he can't do so much damage, and neither can his colleagues in the Senate do so much damage while they're watching all of this happen, and they have to participate and prepare for this. If that's what it takes in the House uh, for our, our um, uh, new majority House members to... Um, uh, to you know, slow the Biden uh, crime family down, then that's exactly what you have to do. I wouldn't have chosen it otherwise, but when they did it to us twice, when they did it to Trump twice, when they have continually, you know, essentially cheated in getting elections won and so forth, you know what? You start doing what they do. The best defense is a good offense. And if it means an impeachment that isn't going to end up going anywhere uh, because you're not going to get 60 votes in the Senate anyway, then you do what they do. So, thank you, Sally. That's a great point. Uh, we'll go next to Brian in Shaker Heights. Brian, you're on AM 1420. The answer, good morning. Morning, Bob. I have a, I have a piece of good news uh, that I don't know if I've, I don't think I've heard you mention it yet, uh, but it could be uh, cool in the gang worthy. Um, the, speak, the election for Ohio House Speaker went the way of a conservative named Derek Marin. Yes, it who, did. Um, yes, he, uh, and for those who, who don't know, he was a co-sponsor of House Bill 248. Yeah, well, um, two, two points on that. Nobody has been talking about that. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know Speaker Bob Cup was up and was on his way out. Uh, when I found out about uh, uh, about the, the uh, new Speaker of the Ohio House, I was very excited, especially to learn about 248, and especially to learn he is a very true, staunch supporter of medical freedom. Um, the first person who made me aware of this was Wednesday night, Stephanie Stock uh, with Ohioans for Medical Freedom, I believe. She's with a number of groups, and I have a lot of those that run through my head together. But she came up to me and she said, oh, my God, Merrick won the uh, won the speaker. It's like, well, I didn't even know he was up for it. I didn't even know this was happening. So it is great news. It might not be cool in the gang worthy, but then again, it is a Friday. I might just pull it up after all. But the fact that we do have something, somebody that is considered to be a true conservative and a champion for people's individual rights, unlike, sad to say, our previous Republican majority leadership, uh, it's it's certainly a, a time worth celebrating and certainly a reason for optimism. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yep. All right. That's all you got, Bob. Glad you had it. Glad you brought it up. Thank you very much. Nobody has talked about it, including myself. Uh, that's a great point. That, that, that's a really great point. That You know, I have been a loud pain in the rear end um, of the Ohio General Assembly because it's Republican-dominated with a veto-proof majority. It could have overridden anything Mike DeWine did or wanted to do, and it wouldn't do its job. And I've been disgusted by the rhino aspect of it, and I threw so much of that at the leaders. I threw it at Larry Abhoff before, throwing it at Matt Huffman. I threw it at Householder. I threw it at Cup. I mean, everybody that I have to, I mean, I'm, I'm calling them all out. And for Derek Marin to win this uh, seat is a huge, huge victory. People don't know too much about him. He's from Lucas County. That's Toledo Way, for those who don't know. I don't know a ton about him either, other than reading a little bit about his bio and about his support for, as you just heard from the caller, 248 and other medical freedom uh, uh, issues. So I think it's a huge step forward. 
The one thing that I called this state that I wasn't proud to say because I'm in this state, I called it the worst and weakest red state in America. There is enough of a, of a Republican majority here sweeping all of the state uh, elections, massive majority in the, uh, in the General Assembly, uh, governor's race, uh, all of them even got the conservative justices in the, the Ohio Supreme Court that we needed. You know, it's such a good, strong red state, yet we do nothing with it. We do nothing with our power because it's so reddish. It's like reddish-orange because of the rhino aspect of it all. And it's so frustrating. And that's why I've been talking about replacing weak, ineffectual Ohio House and Senate members with real, true conservatives. And now it looks like we're going to have a true conservative as the speaker. And that's Derek Marin. So I'm very, very happy to hear that. And I'm very, very, um, thank you to Stephanie. Like I said, Stephanie Stock came up and told me at our CFFS event on Saturday, or um, excuse me, on Wednesday. And I did not bring it up on the program yesterday. So I should have. Thank you very much for that call, Brian. Uh, let's see. We're going to hit uh, Cleveland next. Jane on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jane. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, are you aware of Bill 14067 signed by Biden and to be put in effect in the beginning of December? All I know about it, and I heard about it this morning on the radio, uh, just in passing, that the government will be able to close our bank account randomly whenever they want. Thank you. Um, not te- thank you for the call. Thank you for the question. Not terribly familiar with that bill. I will have to look into that and see exactly what it's all about. Um, but what you just described does ring a bell. I have heard people talking about. Uh, we just recorded my um, Citizens for Free Speech podcast yesterday. It drops today <clears throat> at noontime with uh, Patrick Wood, and we talked about some of the things that the federal government is doing to remove individual rights and to be able to stop individuals um, from conducting business. Um, and, fr- and and quite frankly, and when you hear the, the conversation and you learn about the, um, about the spyware that the federal government is investing in to dig into literally every aspect of your life, listening to every call, reading every correspondence, determining everything that you say and do, tracking your movement by way of your credit cards and so forth. There are spyware that the government is investing in investing, investing in in order to um, essentially limit everything that we can do. So when you say that there is a bill that is put forth that would allow them to literally stop, freeze, or seize a bank account, I have no doubt at all that that is in the works. I just don't know the specifics of that bill. So I will find it. I will educate myself on it, and I'm glad you asked, Jane. Thank you so much. Um, we'll do, uh, let's see. North. Oh, we're going back to BJ. Let's see if this works this time. BJ in North Olmstead, are you there? Thank you, Bob. Uh, you mentioned today fight fire with fire. Well, you young people have to be aware right now because the people you're speaking about are willing to kill millions of babies and bring people in from other countries to replace those. The next is euthanasia of seniors. But we are, you are facing a coming battlefront, and I mean a serious battlefront. The Democratic Party is no longer Democratic, they're socialist, and they're violent. They've expressed their violence by wanting to kill more babies and bring others in, as the president said. And next, it will be in line as euthanasia of senior centers and all these nursing homes. But the American public is going to start to see what's coming down in the next 60 days, and it's going to be violence. What they're doing to check on people's lives and their accounts and every bit of information they're doing is is worse than communism. It's total control of the human soul. 
and I feel badly about what's coming, but it had to come to wake up the country. And I and I hope you, you really pay close attention to how they're going to integrate this and take over at all different levels. There is no Democratic Party. It's a socialist communist party, and they're dangerous to our people in this country. Thank you for your time, Bob, and good luck with the future. Thank you, BJ. I appreciate it. You know, it, it, BJ kind of alternates in his calls between really optimistic messages, because he's such a you know devout uh, Christian warrior, and he is a very strong and positive person, and really, really dark predictions for what's coming, and that the young people in this country better wake the heck up, or else it's going to be all over. And you know what? <clears throat> he's right each time he calls. The things he's optimistic about, I share, and the things that he warns us about, I agree with as well. And I and I appreciate and respect that. And this is what you get when you get sage advice from you know seniors who have been through it. They see and recognize the signs. It's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the foreign-born Americans who come to us from socialist countries like Venezuela, like Cuba. And I've had people on uh, from North Korea and other places where I've I've had people on and talking about. I see the signs in this country, and they list them that I recognize from when our country turned socialist slash communist. You better be aware. We learn from their experiences. Same thing with seniors. Seniors who have been through all of it and who have seen the rise of some of the worst things that this country has dealt with in from within, uh, they recognize the signs when they start to show their faces again. And we need to listen to them, and we need to learn from them, and we need to educate our children so that they can learn from them to make sure that those things are stopped before it is too late. So, BJ, thank you for your well wishes and for your warnings. I'll be back. Eleven twenty-seven. Got uh, time for a few more phone calls. We're done at eleven forty-five. When we hand off to O'Reilly, he'll carry you to the top of the hour. Get you some Charlie Kirk. Get you some Dennis Prager. Get you some Sebastian Gorka. Get you some Seculo. Get you some uh, some uh, Brandon Tatum, Officer Tatum. By the way, I'm in for Hugh on Monday, so I'll give you six hours of conversation on Monday. In for Hugh Hewitt. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but for now, let's go to Middleburg Heights and say good morning to Andy on Always Right Radio. Andy, go right ahead. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. I Just to follow two things. To follow up on BJ, uh, mm-hmm. what's totally amazing to me, uh, I'm probably in, in BJ's age group, I'm in my 80s, I, I don't understand why the American people cannot see what's going on. We're sitting there with... Our heads on the cloud. When all these people from these other countries that you hear on the radio from other countries, they say, this is what happened in our country. America, beware. Bob, it's out there. Everybody is screaming this to the American people, and we're sitting on our hands. I'm one of them. I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm handicapped. I'm on a walker, and that, I'm a housebound. And I, I, I sit and I listen to these programs during the day. And Did you vote, Andy? Pardon me? Did you vote? 
Oh yes, sir. I then don't then don't then don't then don't diminish your contribution uh, by saying you're you're one of them sitting on your hands. No, you're not. You're doing what you can. Everybody can do something different. Some people have a lot different types of gifts to offer this. Uh, you have a, a, some limitations based on what you described. So you did what you could by voting. And you know what you what else you do? You inform people and you educate people by calling radio shows like this one. And if you call other shows, I won't take offense. Tell more people about the things that they need to hear. Andy, you're doing your part. You're not sitting your hand on your hands. There are many who are, which as I understand your point here, um, there are many who are who need to do more so that we can take a lesson from the, uh, uh, you know, the problems that a lot of other countries have faced. I'm with you. Uh, but, but don't diminish your own contribution. You are contributing in every way that you can, and that's all anybody can ask of any patriot. All right, Bob, one, one other thing real quick. All these races that we lost in these, in these states, uh, instead of going back and doing recounts and, and all kinds of stuff like that, why don't they do... General uh, McEnany, retired uh, Marine uh, General, he said, why don't they audit these, these uh, elections? That brings out everything. If you just do a recount, that, that's not going to solve the problem. If you do an audit, wouldn't that be better? You find out, I mean, you really dig down deep and find out what the real causes of it was. Well, you want to you you hear something, something funny, my friend? That's exactly what January 6th was about. That's all Donald Trump was calling for, and that's all that the people who went to the Capitol were doing was chanting to tell the electors to to decertify the election. Do not allow that to go through until an audit could be conducted. That's all they were asking for, is a full and complete audit of the states that had uh, irregularities and controversies and broken machines or whatever the cases might have been. That's all they were asking for is an audit. And you're right, Andy. That's exactly what it would take, I think, to get to the bottom of a lot of this. Thank you for the call, my friend. God bless. We'll get news now and come back right after this. Welcome back to Always Right with Bob France. All right, all right, all right. On AM 1420, The Answer. It is 11.35. Got time for a call or two more, but I also have some audio that I want to share with you before we hit the weekend in front of us. Uh, Dave is in Cleveland. Dave, thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, uh, hey, Bob. I uh, wanted to comment on the FBI and uh, what you were saying earlier about there's a lot of good agents out there and everything, which there are. But as far as the agents who are abusing their authority, what people don't realize is part of their training and part of the training that law enforcement goes through, who go through the FBI, uh, is a trip to the Holocaust Museum. And the premise behind that training is to show what abusing your, your power can do and how it can have an effect on people's lives. And I think a lot of the agents uh, maybe have forgotten that that uh, that training uh the excuse of i was just following orders was what they said at nuremberg all the time so i think uh i think a lot of agents should go back to their uh, training if uh, they're involved in some of these shenanigans uh with the government you are 100 percent correct um i don't know if you heard in the uh segment early i think it was in the second hour maybe the first hour is playing a clip of jim jordan talking about the rotten to the core um uh leaders at the fbi and he was quick to say that doesn't mean the rank and file and my response to that was and this is just to his video not in a conversation with him i'll have a conversation with him on monday but my response was you know what i'm not going to let the rank and file off that easy 
if what they know, if they know what they are doing is against the Constitution, if they know what they are doing is violating the rights of the people, these are orders that they cannot and should not follow. Um, and you know th- that's a very very slippery slope because you know you you don't want not that the FBI is the military but they're law enforcement and you know I, I would never want a a private or a foot soldier to refuse an order from his captain or his colonel in battle and question it and say, I'm not sure if I like that idea. I get to decide whether or not I'm going to follow your order or not. They have to follow them or else unit cohesion is gone and people die. So I'm not saying that they should just haphazardly decide which ones they want to follow and which ones they don't. But you're right. If, if it's not heat of battle type of things like I just described in the military, and you are being ordered to do things that violate the personal constitutional rights of, an, of, of American citizens, then you do have the right to say, I cannot do that in good conscience. And if it costs you, then, uh, then it costs you. But you're right. This is, uh, you know, your comparison to, um, you know, to Nazis who just did what they were told to do. Uh, it doesn't wash. It didn't wash at Nuremberg and it wouldn't wash here. And, you know, and, and uh, on that remark, an illegal order is an illegal order. And in training in the military and in law enforcement, you're trained that you are allowed to defy an illegal order. Now, I would like to think many of those in the FBI and in just regular law enforcement, they know what an illegal order is. Um, unfortunately, what ends up happening, I think, with a lot of agents and people in situations like this is they're worried about their families, what's going to happen to them, and by the time everything's sorted out, their life is in ruin. So a lot of times people may just go along, uh, maybe not rightfully so, but to protect themselves, their families, and what have you. Well, there's no doubt that that's a legitimate concern. Um, not to mention the idea of what is legal and what isn't legal. Because I would imagine the moment somebody refuses, saying I'm not going to follow an illegal order, the first question they're going to be asked at their at their trial or at their court martial or even at their HR hearing to see if they're going to be fired is, are you a lawyer? No? Well, how are you to determine what is legal and what is not legal? Do you know more about the law and about FBI procedures and protocols than this director does? No. Then do what you're told and you didn't, so therefore you're responsible. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, you know, because I'm with you, but the the trouble lies in do you know and can you prove what you are refusing to do was an illegal order and what kinds of um, protections are there for you if you make that decision based on your, your knowledge and your conscience? I see. Anyway, and one last thing. We were telling you, uh, the documents in Mar-a-Lago kind of dovetail from the FBI is, you know, there's a big thing going on that they weren't secure. Um, it's my understanding that uh, some of our former presidents have their stuff in warehouses. One has them in a uh, old-used car dealership, and another has them in just an old office building. I'm sure the security at Mar-a-Lago with the Secret Service and whatever security protocols there kept his his presidential documents far more secure than several of our past presidents are, are doing. Well, um, I again, would um, I would agree with you, and I would go just back to the last uh, you know similar discussion was Secretary of State and then candidate Hillary Clinton. She kept hers on an unsecured server in her home. 
She didn't keep them in boxes, which somebody would have to break into their, you know, probably highly secured home, just like Mar-a-Lago is highly secured, for somebody to get in and break into boxes inside of a, you know, a, a closet, a safe, a basement, or anything else. It's probably a lot harder to do than hackers to get into an unsecured non-government server, which she had a personal private server in her home. That was probably so easily accessible to foreign actors, all of those top-secret mm-hmm. and classic, class, uh, classified documents that she had. And they're complaining that Donald Trump left them exposed? Are you kidding me? That, to me, is the most exposed that they could be is on an unsecured server. Well, one of the advantages of having the uh, media in your back pocket, I guess, uh, <laughs> the people who should be calling uh, calling, uh, calling out our politicians, our government, uh, our, you know, those who are supposed to be looking out for the country, uh, they're not. They're they're playing fast and loose, uh, just like uh, the other side is. Yep, you're 100% right. They are, and you're right about having the media in your back pocket. It's the whole reason why Joe Biden is president right now. If the media wasn't in the back pocket of the Democrat Party, the Hunter Biden laptop, which was exposed three weeks before the election, would have gone public. It would have gone on every major network news program from ABC to NBC to CBS to Fox to CNN, everywhere else, and Americans would have been appalled at what they found, and they would have turned away from the criminal Biden family or the Biden crime family, if you will, uh, faster than you can even imagine uh and that would have changed the the course of literally the course of american history would have been changed had the media actually done their jobs i agree my friend i appreciate the call thank you i had a conversation uh earlier this morning with houston i was sitting in for a friend on houston radio before we came on here and um we were talking about that very subject do you do you realize do you understand how massive that decision was to bury the Hunter Biden laptop, the Joe Biden laptop, uh, for Tony Bobolinsky to be completely dismissed as a kook, even though he had absolute corroboration for everything that he said and did. And the fact that Twitter, there was only one. I mean, this is impossible to think. The new, it's kind of like the polls when I was talking about the results on Tuesday. The polling services rely on their accuracy to make future money, to get future commissionings for polls, right, for candidates and so forth. They they literally make their money based on their accuracy. For them to be as wrong as they all were, it's like impossible to understand that that's real, to believe that that's real. Similarly, the news agencies are in full competition with one another to be first on all of the news, to be first on the big bombshell stories. The fact that only one news agency, the New York Post, was willing to dive into this and present the bombshell news story. The New York Times didn't want it, Washington Post, CBS, none of them wanted it. Only one wanted it. And then that one had its account wiped out by Twitter, the New York Post. That's the biggest collusion election interference that I think I have ever heard in the history of this country. And it's all because the media and the Democrats sleep in the same bed next to one another. That's all the time that I've got. Thank you to Josh. Thank you to Marianne. Thank you to Marcy. Thank you to you for listening. Be well. Be safe. Remain free this weekend. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.